Hello there, this is Jim the Keys Bartender. If you're not familiar with the Keys Bartender podcast, it's a podcast about bartending and Keys life. Though we don't always touch base on that, but as a bartender here in the Keys, as anybody, any type of job you have, you kind of need an, you know, an affirmation that whatever you're doing is providing some value or meaning in your existence, right? You just don't want to be there walking through life, not having an effect on anybody, not being, well, for most people, it's a positive effect. You know, no one wants to just walk around being neutral. And for, I don't know how that is for some people that actually go about their lives causing disruption and even worse, pain and suffering to other people. But I guess maybe that may not be their intention. Their intention may be to just do the things that make them happy. But for many of us, and I'm just making an assumption, I'm hoping that's an assumption, most people just want to have a positive influence. That the reason why they're doing what they're doing is to provide value, either that could be value, not just for your employer, not just for your coworkers, not for the customers, just for the world in gen- general. And, you know, it's probably pretty hard to contemplate that uh, you can go through life. It's hard to contemplate you can go through life not, I guess, if you're alone. You could have virtually no effect on the world around you. I mean... Obviously, you can have a, an effect on the ecosystem on how you take care of your environment around you. But I'm taught, let's just keep that thought experiment to people and living things around you, plants, animals, people. And in a bar setting, it's mainly people. It's, you know, the owners, the co-workers, the customers you come in contact with. And in the end of the day, you, I mean, if you're like me, you want to have a feeling that you say, well, I think I helped today. I think I helped. I did. I provided. One, one person said to me yesterday, I know I'm jumping around a bit, but uh, they, I came in at four o'clock and there were people sitting at the bar and they were joined by another person, a gentleman. I don't know if they listen to the podcast. And the gentleman orders a drink. He goes, make me something that will make me feel good about myself. And then I said, wow, that is a very tall order. And it, for some reason, that's just like me going to uh, Alexa or Siri and asking a question where it kicks off a stream of answers. There she goes. There she goes. There's Alexa heard me say that. And she started shuffling, uh, sh- shuffling songs by XXX. Yeah, and similar. Okay, no, Alexa, that's all right. Thank you. Go back to playing happy classical music. <laughs> so, so, like I said, the person said to me, let's go back to it. He said, make me something 
that would make me feel good about myself. And I guess the best thing would be do to make an affirmation for that person, but they actually wanted a drink. And that's a tall order as a bartender. There's, I mean, I guess if someone asked me just point blank to make them something to make them feel good about themselves, I'd make them a room temperature glass of water and say, drink this glass, 16 ounce glass of waters five times a day. And then you feel good about yourself unless you're trying to lose water weight, right? Unless you're retaining a lot of liquid in your body. But what I actually did is I made them their drink. And then I said to them, I said, you know, to feel good about yourself, that's something that you really, the best way you do it is something that comes from within. And that's what I said to the person. They didn't ask for that. They wanted to drink. I real, I understand that. I live in the real world. I know the guy was being sarcastic. But I felt, I felt that to the core. And it was a guy. And normally a guy, I would, you know, regular guy, beard, mustache. And I'm like, man, that sounds like a, a cry for help when someone, when someone says something like that. Maybe something to make me feel good about myself. And, you know, it, it was funny. Normally I wouldn't, like, it, I'd come walking into it. It wasn't even... Um, it wasn't even my customers at the time. It was someone else's customers. Not that I don't care for people when they're someone else's customers, but I mean, they were, uh, well, the person had just came in and joined, joined customers that existed prior to me coming in. So the, this is the way what happens. They're actually someone else's customers. And that doesn't mean I don't interact with them. But it really, it really did put that into perspective. And it said, wow. There is maybe something. I just tapped the, the table I'm on right here. Table I'm podcasting from. And I thought, well, maybe there's a little more to this than just serving people drinks and saying something nice. Maybe it's just being there for them and say, you know, you know, you want to say something that's kind of deep down pithy and I don't know if pithy is the right word. But something that provides value and meaning after they've been sitting at the bar. And then looking at them. When someone's had a hard day and goes, say, you can say a lot of things to someone with a hard day. You know, these hard days, I said, you know, when you're, when you're just like working out, when you have difficult, we put ourselves into situations that are uncomfortable on purpose, like working out, having hard conversations with people, uh, going to work for some people, doing things that are uncomfortable, provide value down the line, you know, the lane, like working out provides you with uh, fitness, a general level of fitness that rewards you in the end, maybe helps you that night because you're tired and you can sleep better, gives you, your body's more prepared to be energetic in the future. Uh, work provides you with money and a means of support and the things you can get, meaning you know the housing, the food, the clothing, and making yourself available 
to your friends because once you're working, you have a house and you have transportation, you have clothing and food. You're, you're able to survive, right? So they, these are hard things we do in order that don't directly, they provide you periphery benefits. And the bar could provide periphery benefits like that. When someone comes in and they have, and I know I'm all over the place with this, but I, it, there is a purpose. And then the purpose for me was to get something higher out of it. Because sometimes when you're doing a job, when you hear the same thing from people, happy Friday, meaning they're just barely getting through the week. And all they're doing is living in, you know, living to make it to the weekend. Like that, what was that song by Survivor? I don't know if it was Survivor or something. Everybody's working for the weekend. I mean, I'm, I don't think that's necessarily true, that song. Some people love going into their job. Some, and I qualify that by saying the word some. Because maybe it is a, a minority of people, but it's still a group of people that find meaning in the work they do. And they're not just going surviving through the week, surviving uh, existence in order for a time where they'll be happy in the future. Because now... The only time is now to be happy. Withholding your contentment for some nebulous future date. And this is what I should be telling to someone. I say, you know what? You're here now. You're doing this for a reason. Obviously, you're doing it to be happy. Now, I, can't, I don't want to go into deep about like, well, alcohol is not going to provide you happiness. What it does is more of an anesthetic. But it also, you can look at it as a social lubricant for some people. As a means of communication, make communication a little easier. And obviously, you over imbibe and stuff like that. Communication gets a little more difficult. And people have a difficult understanding you when you over imbibe. But just let's go with the premise that one or two drinks is not a bad thing. I know as a bartender, I have to say, let's go with the premise. No. Having a couple drinks, having camaraderie with people when you come into a place, um, lightening your soul after a tough day is a good thing. Looking for some humor, interesting uh, stories, you know, camaraderie of the, uh, your, your friends, your acquaintances. That's, that's a value. That is, that is contentment in the present. Spending time. Now, we do live in paradise. We do. And there's a lot of things you can do that provide contentment than just coming into a bar. And I'm not poo-pooing that idea because that's how I'm, that's my bread and butter and I appreciate those people that come in. But at one point when you keep on doing the same thing 
and it doesn't move the needle in your contentment, if it doesn't move it forward, when you say forward in a positive thing, where you get more happiness, more contentment, more enjoyment, then you should change it up. Change it up with an eye to increase that. And that's what I always tell people. I say, maybe sometimes I go like this. I, maybe I could would have said to that guy, you know, if you want to feel better about yourself, don't have that next drink. That's the hard conversation. Have a glass of water. Don't have a drink for a week. If you want to feel, you'll feel a sense of accomplishment. Your pocket may feel a little uh, more contentment too, meaning you'll, you'll save a little money. You'll save a little energy. Or perhaps and say, instead of saying you, you want to feel better about yourself, start thinking better about yourself. Maybe it's not have a drink. Maybe tomorrow make a commitment, go and do something for yourself. Maybe uh, work out a little, go out for a walk, lift a couple weights, do a little you know, calisthenics, a little cardio, eat a salad. Don't eat a box of donuts. I know I'm picking on people like that. I'm picking on the fitness thing. Read a book. Read a book that's going to, you're going to learn something. Learn something new. You want to feel better about yourself. Call a, a, an old friend or a family member you haven't spoken to in a long time. That may make you feel, I mean, someone that doesn't make you feel bad about yourself, obviously. If I don't, I hope I don't need to tell you that. You shouldn't. So, what I've been dancing around this whole first 14 minutes of the show was, we may not be, I mean, everyone kind of really has this image that bartenders are therapists. And not really therapists. We're trying to be a general, all-around, wise friend, let's say, or Dutch uncle. Someone with some good advice. The one person at many bars who is sober should be sober because that could lead to other problems and I've done that my advice would get worse and worse when I was drinking behind a bar and my attitude would because you know what I would start feeling bad about myself, feel guilty, not doing my job right. I'm drinking, I'm over imbibing. I'm doing things I know I can't do. And for any of you new listeners, you do realize I am sober, right? So let's segue this whole thing into our private life. And for me, I'm in the, I guess, the ass end of my isolation here in my home. When I say isolation, I do go out and I do things. I go to work. I have my multiple jobs. But I'm used to having my wife and daughter here. And they've been in Poland since June 19th. It is now July 27th. And it's been over a month. And I understand if you ever see those movies, you ever seen a movie called Cool Hand Luke? Paul Newman was in it. And uh, George Kennedy. 
And Paul Newman is a guy who gets arrested for defacing public properties. He actually, uh, Paul Newman, in the beginning of the movie, he's drunk. I think he's a veteran at the time. And he's drunk walking down the street with this big-ass pipe, um, a wrench that has a cutter on it. And he's cutting the heads off of and I could be misremembering this, the heads off of parking meters where he gets arrested and sent to a work farm. Now he's in the deep south, right? And one of the things, like they did in The Great Escape and stuff like that, when you misbehave on one of these work farms and stuff like that, at least in this movie, they put you in a box. And this most of the movie takes place in the summer because they don't show the winter when it's cool and cold. They show it during that when it's hot. And uh, so they put you in this box. It's hot. They put you in this night shirt. They give you uh, uh, a thing of food and a, and, a, and a little pot to go to the bathroom in. And you're stuck in there. I don't know how long they put in. It could be a day. It could be a week. But whatever. After a while, isolation drives you a bit nutty, right? Now, it's depicted different way in different movies. In The Great Escape, Steve McQueen is put in isolation in the cool, and he's given his baseball and glove. During World War II, he's a, he's a uh, American pilot who's captured, and he, he's in a prison camp, prisoner of war camp, and he's put in isolation several times with his baseball and glove, and he just throws the ball against the wall. So what happens is the, the isolation part came about, I think it was in the 17, 1800s, among penal reform, in penal reform, prison reform. There, were, I, there was a big movement, and I think it was 1800s, actually, where... Uh, Social scientists at, at the time, if there were social scientists, I mean, I don't know if they were called social scientists at the time, but they were, their social scientists decided you could torture, imprison someone, put them in working gang. But what they wanted to do, what's the point of prison if you're going to imprison someone and they don't come out better? Right? If they don't come, are we trying to reform them in prison? Trying to make them law-abiding citizens? And these social scientists said, you know what the problem is? The problem is people get bad ideas from other people and they need to reflect on their behavior by being isolated. So they developed these isolating techniques where they would put them into isolation in these prisons where they would only interact. The only interactions they would have would be with their prison, their, their turnkey or prison guards. And it would give them time to contemplate what their, where they were in their life, what they did, and things like that. But what they found, a lot of times they found, in isolation, uh, a lot of people went, it's called stir-crazy. And it's stir-crazy when you're isolated. I think that manifests different in different people. Some people, if uh, there was a famous 
a Lutheran minister during World War II who's put into a uh, a prisoner uh, a concentration camp, and he he uh, thought on different philosophical beliefs and just went through his his whole belief system. Ended up writing a book about his confinement and was able to make good use of uh, isolation and imprisonment. Imprisonment isn't exactly isolation. I don't know if he was isolated the whole time, but I know he spent some time in isolation. So to get back to mine, I those uh, being alone in the house, even though every interaction I had with Abby and Skye were not maybe necessarily the most uplifting interactions. It was an interaction and it was a reflection. When you interact with people, you get feedback. You know, when you say good morning to someone and smile, the feedback is smile like, oh, good morning, thank you. Or like, what good is this morning? But you're, you are getting feedback and you get feedback for your behavior. You can get feedback from if you start acting strange, they say, which they can say, hey, are you going to be sitting around? You haven't taken a shower in a while. You're going to put on some clean clothes. You're going to comb your hair. You're going to brush your teeth. Some work has to be done around the house. That's all interactions. There may not be, uh, we may not, or I may not remember that those interactions were interactions and were valuable because it gave me uh, feedback to say, oh, Jim, you're not doing much today. And that happened, uh, I was getting up and I just, I lose, when I'm by myself sometimes, I lose my will to do things, to act. I mean, unless I'm forced to, unless I'm absolutely forced to go to work. That's a nice thing having my different jobs. You know, when I get a call from uh, someone needs something notarized, hmm, I got to get up, got to get moving, got to get showered, got to clean up my work area. Got to go to the gym, teach my spin class, got to get showered, throw on my workout clothes, get my playlist together, do that. Got to get dressed to go to the bar, get my work clothes together, make sure I have my wine key, my wallet, and uh, be dressed and ready to go, well-groomed. But other than that, when I, towards the end of this somewhat isolation, and this has happened to me before when I was drinking years ago when I lived by myself and had the loft apartment. I I would take these, I guess they were kind of voluntary bouts of isolation where I would just eschew any relationship. If I had a relationship at the time with a nice woman, nice young girl, um, well, I say young girl. When I was a younger man, I was dating younger women, stuff like that. Okay, so uh, I would either sabotage a relationship, so I don't need that. I don't need someone telling me I'm, you know, I should be doing something. I just go out and do my own, find another relationship for a little while, keep it light, not have them too involved in my life. But yeah, my drinking got bad when I was isolated. When I have doing that. This time around, fortunately, I have my group that I go to that it's in the 
It's a bunch of letters from the front of the alphabet. These three letters from the front and the very front of the alphabet. And uh, two letters, because the three letters, one is the American Automobile Association. They don't really help me with my not drinking. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Say, you could call AAA and say, listen, I was thinking about having a drink. Uh, We can't help you with that, but if you need to be towed to the nearest garage, we can do that. Or if I went to the other group and said, I have a flat tire. Well, actually, I'm more likely to get help from my group, my 12-step group with my vehicle than I would from AAA getting help with my drinking. So, sidetrack, nothing. So, these are the things I do to maintain the minimum. But on my own, on my own, I realize I don't really fare that well. It's not a, it's not a, a really good place for me. And fortunately, I have one other thing that I hadn't had for a long time uh, when I started not, you know, my journey to being sober the first time in 2007. In 2017, I started a podcast and I was back drinking then. But now I have you to talk to. And that's the thing that keeps me, I, I hesitate to say honest, but it keeps me thinking and doing stuff. And, and realizing that, you know what, if I'm not providing value, I'm not doing things that uh, are helping me towards my goal of having meaning. And that's really what, you know, what life's about is me, is really meaning. Anything you think about, anything you do through life, when you're when you're a kid, right? You learn, you start walking, and you start talking, then you ride your bike and go to school. You play little league, become you know, you know, go swimming, become like you know, uh, go to high school, become an athlete, a student, an academic. A good, uh, a good friend, a good child, a wild child, whatever. That all provides meaning. And then we go and look for higher, higher meanings in, the, in life. Being meaningful in someone else's life. Uh, creating value by an occupation that we have to do something. We have to do something. We always say, what do you dream of being? I want to be, you know, a little, when you're younger children... Could be, I, I want to be uh, uh, an actor. A girl, a little girl may say, I want to be a doctor. I want to be, either one can want to be an astronaut. It's all about value and providing value and doing things they think are accomplishing. Just leaving the earth, being an astronaut. I guess that's a thing because people say that's a unique thing to do. Uh, fireman, fire, firewoman police officer, all those things. Nurse, doctor, pastor, engineer. About providing values, identifying with something other than what we are at the core, just people. And then that, you know, that I did talk about relationships. You know, you get your significant others. Sometimes you need progeny to pass on. That could be a biological urge, 
but you know, you're raising someone up for your legacy. Some people see children as their legacy. Other people see their work as their legacy. Something they leave behind, something that goes on, provides uh, longevity to their core being that they keep on going on. And, and some for good or bad. I mean, the people that leave on this, the, the, the most horrible legacies, the ones, you know, we, we know the dictators and the guys that committed genocide, the mass murderers and all those stuff. Yes, they have notoriety. But their meaning in the end is seen as painful, hurtful, you know. And it's kind of sick. It's kind of sick that you made that your legacy. And there's other people with the legacies, you know, say like the people that are living saints or saints in the past, you know. That's the, that's the kind of thing that people want to carry on with. Well, let's say the majority of the people want to do that. Because you feel better. The, the, the old axiom, it's better to rule in hell than serve in heaven. Well, there's a lot of middle ground in, the, in between there. You could be on the side of good. I mean, if being on the side of good doesn't say, how about being on the side of pleasant? Or the side of not so bad? And that's the part where I think where we start feeling good about ourselves when we think about it's not just the things we've done and the things we leave behind. It's that we're doing and that we're doing anything at all is amazing. That we are striving. Just being able to contemplate that I want to feel better about myself. I want to do I want to do something positive is something to make you feel better about yourself. That you just have that feeling because some people don't have any of that feeling. And you know what? Just go with that and then you can build on it. Well, this is it for today. This is Jim the Keys bartender. Sorry, there was a little break there in about 40 seconds ago. I'll be back again soon. Bye.